counseling and confidentiality on this edition of Truth and Love. and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. This week on the podcast, we are tackling one of your questions, and to help us think the matter through is the Operations Director for ACBC, Sean Perrone. Sean, welcome to the podcast. We are counting down to probably the most exciting time of the year for ACBC members and staff, and that is the annual conference in October, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, we are sold out of main auditorium tickets for the annual conference. Mm. Uh, But there is good news. There is additional on-site tickets. It's the same package that comes with uh, registration that would you receive normally, so you get to attend any breakout sessions you'd want. Uh, The one exception would be you get to watch the plenary sessions uh, from a video feed on site on campus. If you register before those tickets sell out, there are a limited number of spots for that. And if you register before those go away, you'll get a $50 credit to our ACBC store online. So come, we're excited, we're going to be there. Having said that, that leaves us with only 11 podcasts between now and the annual conference when you will transition to Dale Johnson to be the new executive director. So with that, we want to tackle a question that's been asked repeatedly since you became executive director, which is about confidentiality and counseling. What is the role that confidentiality plays when you're interacting and doing counseling ministry locally as a biblical counselor? Okay, so confidentiality and biblical counseling is an important reality for us to talk about for a couple of different reasons. Number one, because of the nature of the way confidentiality is considered in secular counseling. So in secular counseling, confidentiality is at a premium. It is almost sacrosanct. I mean, this is, you do not ever divulge any information about a counseling conversation, except in certain very limited and very extreme situations. Uh, most of that is required requirements by law and that kind of thing. In biblical counseling, I would say it this way. I would say that when we're doing biblical counseling, confidentiality is not at a premium. It is important. Uh, it is often valuable, but it's not the most important reality. And to explain that, I'd want to explain a tension in the Bible between gossip and the necessity for disclosure. So if you think about a passage like 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 13, it's talking about people, and it says, at the same time, they also learn to be idle as they go around from house to house, and not merely idle, but also gossips and busybodies talking about things not proper to mention. And so in the Bible, there is concern that you would be a gossip, that you would say things that you ought not to say. We don't want to be in violation of the command not to gossip. We don't want to be the people that the Apostle Paul here speaks of who talk about things that it's not proper to mention. There is information that we can be in possession of that it's not proper to talk about with other people. Counselors 
definitely are in possession of loads of information that it's just not proper to share. And so what we would say in the biblical counseling world is that when it comes to our counseling conversations, our desire is to keep that information, that personal information that you're talking about in counseling, as private as possible. But as true as that is, and as much as we want to honor that principle that we not gossip and talk about things that we ought not to mention, there is another principle in the Bible, and that has to do with the necessity of disclosure. There is a requirement in the Bible that some information must be shared. One of the easiest passages to talk about in this regard is Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 to 20. And it says, if your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you've won your brother. So this is talking about a situation where I have information about a brother. Uh, I am aware that he has sinned. I have that knowledge. And I don't want to gossip. I don't want to talk about things that it's not proper to mention. And so what I do in that context is I go to him and I talk with him about it, just the two of us. And if he listens, that's great. The matter has been handled in a very tight circle of information. But Jesus doesn't stop at verse 15. He says, but if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. So what Jesus does there is he urges a widening of the circle of disclosure. He says, hey, you tried to keep the matter in a tight circle of disclosure, so it's just you and the offending party. But since that person has not listened, now you need to disclose that information to a few more people for the purpose of confirming every matter by two or three witnesses. I think the confirmation here is the two or three witnesses go and they confirm that what you're doing really is sinful. And they also confirm that there is a certain process outlined by Jesus here that's being followed. And so you've got an expansion of disclosure. More people know than knew before because of the resistance of the person to change. But Jesus doesn't stop there either. He says in verse 17, if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. And so Jesus says, after you've taken a small group of people and let them be in on this matter, if that person doesn't listen, now you disclose the matter even more broadly and tell it to the whole church. So You've got Jesus saying, hey, there is a time and a place for disclosure, for other people to be brought in to help with a matter. And so what I would say is that in biblical counseling, confidentiality is not at a premium because helping people is at a premium. Our favorite way to help people is by letting their personal information remain as private as possible. Sometimes helping people requires the disclosure of more information to more people than we would otherwise want to do, but helping them requires that disclosure. Jesus here is talking about personal sin and the disclosure of that personal sin to the church when the person is unrepentant. But there's other matters where we would need to disclose information. So, for example, the command in Romans 13 
that we submit to the governing authorities means that we would want to disclose any information to the governing authorities about, say, abuse. Uh, if someone's being abused, most people are required to disclose that information to the authorities. And so following the law and helping the weak would require disclosure. So we love confidentiality and value it. But as much as we love it and as much as we value it, that is placed underneath the command to obey God and his word and is placed underneath the command to love our neighbor as ourselves. Sometimes loving our neighbor as ourselves requires the disclosure of information. And what I would say about all of that is that when we are going to have a counseling conversation with someone one practical takeaway from this is we need to have integrity in the things that we say. It is not right for a person who is committed to have the Bible frame their conversations for that person to give a promise of confidentiality to someone. So when someone comes up to you in just a personal conversation and they say, I need to tell you something, but I need you to promise me you're not going to tell anybody. The biblical answer to that response is not, okay, I promise I won't tell anybody, because then they might tell you something that you have to tell. And so a better response is to say, hey, listen, let me tell you what, I promise you that I'm going to be trustworthy with this information, and I'm going to try to keep your information as personal and private as I can keep it. One thing that I have said to people when they've kind of bucked at that, you know, and I've said, well, hey, look, the Bible sometimes requires me to tell other people. It might require me to tell your parents what we're going to talk about. It might require me to tell the church what we're talking about at a certain point. It might require me to tell the police at a certain point what we're talking about. When they buck at that, one of the things that I've always said to people is, you trusted me enough to think about handing this information off to me. Can you trust me enough to respond to it in a way that is going to help you and not hurt you? So far, after I've said that to people, I've never had anybody tell me, well, I'm not going to tell you after all. Most of the time people say, okay, I'll be, I'll be willing to trust you with this information. Mm -hmm. um, but what we should not do is just give a blanket guarantee of confidentiality because we just simply don't have biblical grounds to do that, and we might find out after making such a promise that we have to break it and then lose our integrity. I think this is really helpful, Heath. Uh, one question to ask as a follow-up. What about the situation where there's a counselor who is in a situation they've received information from their counselee that they believe they now need to go and share with someone else, but they are terrified mm -hmm. that their counselee will hate them for doing it? Yeah. What would you say to that counselor? I would say a couple of things. First of all, I would say that the command to avoid being a gossip held in tension with the command that sometimes information needs to be disclosed, is not at odds with getting advice and counsel from other people. So sometimes we just need wisdom about how to think things through. Even in Matthew 18, verse 15, when Jesus says, if your brother sins, go and show him the matter just between the two of you. There have been times before I have done Matthew 18, 15, that I've had to go and talk with people that I trust about what is the best way to do this. 
This is also biblical. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22, it says, Without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors they succeed. And so the, the command to avoid being a gossip is not at odds with the need we all have for wise and trusted advisors and counselors in our life. And so I would say, why don't you, if you're torn about the specifics of a situation, and this is always going to boil down to the details of a certain situation, um, if you're torn about those, why don't you find a wise and trusted advisor, somebody who can help you think this through, and go to them and talk to them about it? If you're really concerned about the sensitive nature of it, you could even say to that counselor, hey, look, I need to talk to you about a situation, but I would rather not disclose the identity of the person who, who we're talking about. So can I just describe to you a situation and you tell me what you think I need to do? And then listen to what they have to say. If, as you think about this, as you seek the Lord in prayer about it, as you seek wisdom from other advisors and counselors, if you decide you need to disclose the information, uh, I think you must have integrity as you do that. You need to be honest that that's what you're going to do. So I would not want someone that had come to me for help to find out from somebody else other than me that their information had been disclosed. I would want to say, look, and I've, I've had this conversation before and it's not been it's not been pleasant, uh, where I've said, hey, look, I believe I am required to share this information, and I want you to know that it is my intention to tell the pastors at your church or to tell your parents or to call the police. It is my intention to do that, and I want to let you know that I am not at all doing it to hurt you, but I believe I am bound by the Bible. I'm bound by your best interest to get some outside help for you in this area. And, and I hope you will understand that my motivations are to help you and not to hurt you. People will be upset with you. They can be upset with you. Uh, but what you need to do is to do the right thing and be a person of integrity as you do it. If you gave a blanket promise of confidentiality, then you should probably ask forgiveness for that. Hey, you know, I told you I would keep this strictly confidential, and upon further reflection, I found out that the Bible does not allow me to do that, and I just have to place my first allegiance to God in His Word and not to what I said to you, but I really am sorry. What I said to you was wrong, and I'm sorry, and hope you please forgive me for saying that, but now I need to go do the right thing. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. As Sean said at the very beginning of the podcast, we are in the final 11 weeks before our annual conference on abuse. We're calling it Light in the Darkness, Biblical Counseling and Abuse. As Sean said, our general sessions are sold out in the main auditorium for our annual conference, but that doesn't mean you cannot attend the annual conference. We have overflow seating that will allow you to see the general sessions on a video monitor, and then you'll be able to attend all the break out sessions live and in person with all the other attendees, and you'll get to attend that and receive those tickets for a reduced rate. So we want to invite you to look into that. Also, our pre-conference on counseling and the book of 1 John still has space, and so you can register for that pre-conference and attend that live and in person as well. This is a very, very important conference that literally everybody is 
talking about. Everybody has questions and concerns about the nature of abuse and a biblical counseling response. And so even though we're sold out for the live in-person sessions in the main auditorium, I want to invite you to join us in Fort Worth for that special event and our overflow seating. If you would like more information about that or about the ministry of ACBC, then you can visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.